It's time to jump from the past to the present. Join your hosts, Alan Price and Chris Vint, as they power up and analyze games from today in ORS Reviews. Now it's over to the reviewers exclusively on PopCultureNetwork.com. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition, episode 8 of ORS Reviews. I am your host Alan Price and alongside me as always is the co-host. I- I'm watching football, sorry, sawcore for the American people. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Chris Vint. Hello! And you may have heard me in quite a number of podcasts because... One, two, three, four, five, uh, and many others. And this one. I'm and this one, yes, yeah. this one, yes. Yeah. Real? Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> I've been uh, having fun podcasting, as it seems. And yes, we have a special care package, delivery package from Mr. Michael Yassi, which my dad had the cart upstairs and said it was as heavy as a brick. I honestly cannot believe the size of this. No, it's quite <clears> huge. <throat> if I'm sitting here and it's up to near enough my shoulder size, it's. I know you can't, you don't know how big I am sitting on the bed, uh, but it's quite big. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so major props go to Mike Lacey who went above and beyond um, the Call of Duty like he normally does we only really joked that we wouldn't mind a care package from America thinking we'd get one or two wee things yeah it kind of <laughs> kind of blew us away a wee bit we haven't looked as uh, Mike requested here so we are going to open it on air um, so really, really, just, good, good, really just goodness knows what's going to be in here do you want to just grab stuff out now okay go ahead uh, the first thing we have is Apple Jacks. <laughs> Save five dollars on breakfast. I want to breakfast with kids in need. <laughs> Kellogg's. Least, yeah, Kellogg's. What's, well, obviously they're made of apple. <laughs> what are they made of? I don't know. Apple maybe. Cereal with apple and cinnamon. Ooh, delightful. Apple. Definitely, yes. We definitely don't get those over here. Now I got crisp and tasty potato chips. That's what you said are walkers. Uh, free tour of her snack factory tour we go there do we get all expenses paid trip if we win and look look where the P.O. box is Nottingham <laughs> Pennsylvania no PA yeah Pennsylvania I think yes aye that makes sense we'll have to try them later on because <laughs> I love my potato chips see there's just loads of English name places over there oh <laughs> <laughs> and look who's on the back and front <laughs> Fruity Pebbles John Cena rides above hate with the. Can, really I, can I can I draw on box? You can certainly draw all over that. <laughs> Look inside for awesome. your game code and enter pebblesplay.com forward slash Cena to see if you've instantly won. Plus, don't miss WrestleMania 28. That's awesome. <laughs> Rocks your whole mouth. That is awesome. That's one thing I'll never give off about John Cena is the fact he does so much. For well, yes, yes, you have to give him that. Yeah, <clears throat> The devil's juice, as they say. I speaking of this. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> Double Oreos, chocolate sandwich cookies. To go on a slight mini tangent, I actually, uh, in terms of the run up here to WrestleMania, I am more swaying towards John Cena than The Rock. I am quite ashamed of oneself. Rainbow nerds. Whoa, the Big Wonka. Cool. We have them here. Root beer barrels. Awesome. Awesome. Enjoy Brax Root Beer Barrels. Hard candies with a great classic root beer flavour for a delicious treat. Other food are available. <laughs> what is this now? Red Vines. One fine bag. Original Red Twists. Oh, let me see. Holy moly. <laughs> Everything is sort of... Oh, hello, it be Lucky Charms right here. Uh, with a little leprechaun. Fill your bowl with that magical taste, potatoes. <laughs> no, not potatoes. More whole grain than any other ingredient. I was going to swear there, but just well done. <laughs> oh, and United have scored there, Chris. Oh, I was too busy. I was too busy. <laughs> what have we got next? Oh, more potato ham, chips. Sour cream and onion. Oh, delightful. Oh, the ridged ones too. I love ridged right, crisps. Yay. Them. I love the way I've only now got one thing handed to me. <laughs> Barbecue. This is amazing. <laughs> that was, my, that was a good goal. Mike, can you do our grocery shopping from now on, please? 
It's good we go this. Wait, see, wait, and goal! Okay, next. Oh yeah, brother Slim Jim! You gotta snap into it. Smoke snack stick. <laughs> you have to snap into it. Yeah. Chris. Butterscotch <laughs> crimpets? Crimpets! That's pretty cool, man. What the I take it that's just like, uh. You're completely puzzled, Bat Chris. Battenberg? It's like sponge cake. <laughs> Milk chocolate Reese's, four peanut butter cups. I've King seen those too. Saw those when I was over, yeah. Sweetest fish, soft and chewy candy. <laughs> what sort of an accent was that? Oh, I've always wanted to try. Oh, you've just made his day. I've always wanted to try Twinkie. That's one hell of a Twinkie. Mike's probably creasing himself laughing right now. Probably is. Just all these reactions. It's like foreignness. More races. Hot fries and handicap. Oh my god. <laughs> Hot fries look pretty awesome, don't they? Hershey's milk chocolate. Oh yes. Yum. Can't go wrong with that. Airheads. That nearly fell off. Blue, raspberry, orange, watermelon, white, mystery, pink, chocolate, and lemonade. <laughs> oh, they look awesome. Oh, they're like everything, yeah. That's cool. More Hershey's. Three Musketeers. Whipped up fluffy chocolate on chocolate taste. This is amazing. These Just all these random new names that I've never seen before in my life. There's more of those airhead things. He's obviously got one for you and one for me. Because <laughs> there's one of those three musketeers. Awesome. Butterfinger! Goldenberg! Peanut <laughs> Tunes. Original Stopping Dark. So we're not all messy. <laughs> Transfer some stuff to a bag so we have some more space. Peanut Tunes! Butterfinger! Don't burst into song. Burritos, nacho cheese. Ooh, delightful. Yeah, <laughs> Tasty cake, peanut butter candy cakes. Ooh. We're not going to need supplies for this show for a very long time, Chris. Captain Crunch. Awesome. S sweetened corn and oat cereal. I say they seem a wee bit like a different version of our ricicles. Tony Luke, the real taste of South Philly. <laughs> that was up. Yeah, that's a, that's for me. That's for me. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That's after we were talking oh, about that we, on Twitter. We got a we got a shipping notice here for Club Attorney 2012 subscription initial figure. Mike, it's not in here. Where is it? <laughs> oh, Mike, you've screwed up now. That's it, done. That's us. <laughs> that's pretty Ooh. awesome. Crap, Ola. It's crazy, man. Here, give me that. I'm gonna set these down. Right, carry on talking what I do. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so after that uh, minor yeah, detour, um, I'll let you know what this episode of ORS Reviews is going to actually food be tasting. about. <laughs> no, it's not gonna be about food. Um, considering the first, like, six, six or seven minutes that I've been about food. Um, but this episode, um, we felt it was only right that um, with a little over a week for Europe and a week till um, it comes out in the States pretty much, you're just talking about a week to go, um, Mass Effect 3 is going to be out. Uh, funnily enough, and as you've probably guessed over time here on RetroShock and ORS Reviews, etc., we are rather big fans of the Mass Effect games. So, we are... There's some in that bag as well. <laughs> um, we are going to discuss Mass Effect 1, discuss Mass Effect 2, and then give our first thoughts of Mass Effect 3. No, we haven't got a full copy of the game yet. It's a bit too early for that. Um, yes, but we have, <laughs> but we have played the demo, which gives you a pretty good idea as to what to expect from Mass Effect Three. Not everything, but just enough to give you, you know, what the mechanics of it are going to be like, what the combat, you know, the role playing, etc., is going to be like. So, um, as I try to extend this little speech for Chris to clear up a bit. Um, he bought some white shin socks as well for eleven ninety nine. 
Apparently you bought them a models a guru go to mode. What the hell? <laughs> Mike, Mike, why have you put receipts in here? <laughs> this is tax deductible. I, th- I think he's trying to get stuff out of the country. Well, he is. I'm going to co- contact the, the US Embassy here in Northern Ireland. The US Embassy in Northern Ireland? There is one, honestly. I've I've seen it. I've drove past it. I've seen it. That's I, want right. to, I want to live there. What? No, don't be bringing it up. For God's sake. <laughs> right. One of these are for you and then one's for me. So. Lightsaber man. No, we uh. don't sell them, Mother. Mother, no, we don't sell the kids' leap pads. What? That's what our tech said. Oh, right, okay. We sell leap pads. Butterfinger. Awesome. I'm going to have to smuggle this home. <laughs> Oh, if any of us were on the diet, that's went right out the window. Yeah, kind of me. <laughs> mother, don't listen to this episode. It's okay, please. brother. Have some Slim Jims and I'll be okay. My mother better not listen to this episode. <laughs> Nor should my father. Um, but yes, um, shall we get going? We'll start speaking about Mass Effect 1. Are we finally packed up and ready to go? I'll put my Tony Loop yeah. menu in there. What cereal do you want? Um... We'll determine that later. Leave it for now. <laughs> it's, too, it's too much to decide. Cheers. Thank you, kindly. I'm having a handicap. You're having a handicap? Yeah. Okay. Stop rustling off bag. I'm sorry. God. I'm trying to tidy up. I'm a funky. Well, I suppose before we continue, I suppose you should tell Mike that his package is packed and getting ready to go. Yes, it'll be posted tomorrow, Mike. Um, so Alan's give me half the money for postage. Um, so it'll be from the pair of us. Um... It's a case of, you know... From us to the... Yeah, we've decided to see what we can put in. Um, there's a couple of things of sweets and a couple of things of potato chips, uh, something for Buddy and something for you and, and obviously the Turtles Blu-ray that I won for three quid on eBay. Awesomeness. Ooh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Yeah. Very right. good in Blu-ray. Very good. Yeah. So, we shall get cracking. Release the Kraken! No, it's not Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like a Mass Effect thing. <laughs> the Kraken! Uh, so... Oh, no! <laughs> Why? Uh, no. Mass Effect 1, believe it or not, released November 20th, 2007. God! So five-odd year ago. Um, I did not play this game until much later than that. I think I first played Mass Effect in, I think it was 2009, uh, because obviously I'd been persuaded by a certain individual that you all know by now, by the name of Natalie. Um, Natalie! Gone! Oh, Chris, here we go again. Oh, there we go. Oh, nearly no go. Oh, nearly no Stop getting distracted. I'm Uh, sorry, go for what Whereas, if you've been listening to previous episodes, you will know how Chris came to first play Mass Effect and that is our wonderful trip to Game Fest being so much impressed by the Mass Effect 3 demo that he went straight to the it built in game store at Game Fest and bought it and that disc that I got was scratched to hell naughty naughty yeah. but luckily we have a disc repair so it works out well very much so yes Yes. so <clears throat> I'll give you a quick brief backstory. A quick brief quick brief which will be hard for me. Is that to go with shin socks? Let's <laughs> go with quick this. Yes. <laughs> quick breeze. Whoosh. On. Uh, <laughs> um, it'll be hard for me to be quick, but I'll try my best. Uh, so, story-wise, basically, Commander Shepard, male or female, uh, you can choose whether they're like a war hero, they're, they grew up in space, they grew up on Earth, etc., etc., Uh You've various squad mates, you have Ashley Williams, Caden Alenko, Garris Farkarin, uh, so on and so forth. Um, various different missions around the place. Your uh, enemy is a ex-spectre called Saren, who is a Turian, much like Garris. Um, you kind of meet him for the first time where he shoots a fellow uh, Turian. I did the like back. The, uh, Yeah, I liked him. I thought he was going to be. It was a very good character. Yeah, and then he died. And was he sad. was a very good character. Um, as you progress uh, through various levels, you know, liberating planets and such, um, 
the story progresses and you you know everything starts clicking together and you start seeing that everything just isn't right in this aspect that uh, Saren couldn't be responsible for all these things uh, you bump into certain people like there's uh, Matriarch Benezia who uh, you find out is another uh, teammate's mother or father in terms of their race you don't really know um, she is Liara's father slash mother um, parent parent yes that works out well um, <clears throat> she is a Asari um, I'm sorry too <laughs> I'm sorry too that's just for you Natalie um, so yeah she is also supposedly she's supposedly under manipulation of Saren but you eventually find out that there is a thing called Sovereign controlling both Saren and his cohorts uh, basically then he turns out to be what is called a reaper um, which plays in quite well further down the story as we get to Mass Effect 2 and 3 um, but basically you know, the end of the story is you end up having a big fight with him uh, having found out that uh, the Reapers are trying to use a Mass Effect relay to come through and destroy you every, you know, they destroy civilization every 50,000 years etc um, they put up a big fight Sovereign is eventually killed um, happy days uh, but a lot of people are killed um, either way whether you choose a certain action or not I won't spoil the actions because that's your choice to make um, I don't think there's much else in terms of story wise for Mass Effect 1 that I can remember off the top of my head uh, no obviously you can have love interests and stuff oh like yeah that. Oh, so the main pivotal so thing to do with Rex yes you've got Rex and all as well it's you know this is the thing it's an RPG there's pivotal decisions in it uh, no, I'm talking about like Rex dying that's what I'm talking about pivotal decisions if oh, you do yeah. various decisions in the run up to that um, so you can obviously play as a paragon as a good guy or a renegade as a bad guy um, so for example on Chris's first playthrough of the original Mass Effect he hadn't, you hadn't really been really die hard in one direction no I've been kind of fleeting backwards and forwards mm-hmm. so by the time for example Chris got to uh, Vermeer and had a confrontation with Rex he didn't have enough Paragon or Renegade points either way to either save Rex in terms of talking him down or just shooting Rex so in Chris's situation the first time around Rex got shot by Ashley yeah I was um, like don't do that ever again <laughs> naughty lady poop head <laughs> um, but that's the sort of decisions you know you have to kind of decide either way you want to go um, and it will affect whether somebody dies or not effectively um, yeah. but then like we were saying love interests Main love interests for uh, Mass Effect 1 are Liara and Ashley. If you're a female, you can uh, go after Caden, but yeah, Caden, wow. Exciting not. Uh, so in Mass Effect 1, um, my love interest was Ashley. Uh, Chris and Natalie's are Liara. Um, but again, Chris's first playthrough, he didn't really get anybody. So lucky him, he didn't get any nookie the night before going. Well, I didn't get Caden. <laughs> By accident? Yeah. Some sort of weird glitch for Hi, male you, shepherd? You come here. What? No, go away! <laughs> go away. Go away. Not on my ship. Um, I think what we should continue on with with Mass Effect 1 is... Start with how you felt the you know, the fighting system, the shooting system and all is, at this stage, what you would have thought it was like for 2007. You know, would have you seen it as acceptable or would have you seen it as yeah. a letdown? Would have you seen this game as more focusing on the RPG element than the shooter? No, well, you, before then you didn't really have the likes of Gears of War and things like that, so you didn't really have something that came out the, you know, <laughs> the intuitive um, covering system and all that stuff, which is pretty much prevalent in the second one and obviously the third one. Um, but no, I. It's difficult to know what you would have thought about it back then because now we're just used to so many things, and mm-hmm. it's difficult to say. Oh well, you know, there's, you know, the, obviously one thing you didn't need to worry about was bullets. You had infinite ammo for pretty much everything. Yeah, it was just know. that uh, a bit overheat. Yeah. So it'd be uh, the other big thing that became an annoyance in Mass Effect One for a lot of people was. Um, 
the fiddliness of like upgrading your weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. And that you would just gather item after item after oh, item, and then you would yes. have to clear yeah. I- your items for I mean, stuff. Many a time, Natalie would come around here and we'll go like, "Oh, let's play Mass Effect," and she boot it up, and I would say something like, "You know, you need to get rid of some items." And Natalie's going, "Why do you have so much crap?" And just selling stuff and getting rid of it and yeah. putting it down to Omni Omni Gel and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think what they should have done was say, you know, like, you've picked up a new weapon, this is a better weapon than the one you're currently yeah. using, would you like to drop the other weapon and yeah, do yeah. something like that, rather than you having to go in and clear it. Because there's no, there was no point to, if you have, you know, Mark four of a certain weapon for you to retain any lower mark, because yeah. they're worse off, you know, than the new weapon you have. Um, it was the big problem with Mass Effect 1. But when it comes to story-wise, Mass Effect 1 was very, very good. It was very in-depth, especially with the whole RPG element, um, which I suppose um, really we should move on to Mass Effect 2, which was in fact kind of more in people's eyes. Before you do like, that, okay, though, okay. I would say that the one thing that sets set this game alight from the other games was the voice acting. Yeah. Because obviously you had so many different routes that you could take. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I'd be a bad good in between. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously if you played Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic, you know what to expect of Dragon Age. Yeah. Um, but it's a case of without there, um, you had so many different routes you could take. Mm-hmm. And I played it first, as you said, like Rex died, and you know, like, and I played it again, saved everyone, and then, you know, uh, you kind of learn from your mistakes. You kind of know what to do, and then you know, like obviously in the second one, which we'll touch on later on, stuff happened, and then mm-hmm. the third one, or the second playthrough of it, uh, kind of did the reverse of it, which was mm-hmm. good. But um, yeah, the voice acting would be something that um, sets sets this game. Uh, you know, like because the voice acting. I mean, I couldn't really think of. Obviously, everyone joked, joked that Caden and this and Jacob in the second one were all boring. Mm. Um, and it's funny that the main other male character is the one that's boring. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. you think you think about it. You know, like I, th- I think it's maybe because um, obviously we are playing as male shepherds. Yeah. Natalie plays as a female shepherd. Um, and it's funny that in terms of for Natalie's playthrough, Caden was still just as boring. But I think is it that the majority of guys who play Mass Effect. Um, whether they play as a female shepherd or a male shepherd, just look at him and in comparison to Shepherd and go, "Well, he's a born so and so." You know, yeah, I, I just you, you know you're comparing him to, in our case, a male shepherd, and you're like, "Well, well, Shepherd's awesome because he can do this, he can do this, he can do this, he can do this." You know, so you just look at him and you're like, "Well, you're boring." Good one. Well, thank you. Sweeties. Oh, no, I said take one. I know, can't get one. That one. There we go. We're trying the uh, red vines. Tasty good. Mm. But speaking of the voice cast, <laughs> just got some kickback. Out. Um, there's a couple of well-known names. As I try and swallow down my first piece. Seth Green. Yep, Seth Green is a big part of it. Seth Green was a really important part of the original Mass Effect because obviously the character that he plays, Joker, he's the pilot of the Normandy, the ship. Um, so he's just as much a part of it as anybody, and you can go up and you can have a conversation. And there's you know comic relief and all it's that sort of stuff. It's almost as important as the ship itself. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of mentioned in number two by certain events, mm-hmm. um, but we'll mention those in a bit. Um, but you've got him, you've got like so Ali Hillis voices Liara Tassoni, Keith David, who voices David Anderson. For those of you who aren't 100% sure who Keith David is, he is the guy with the really deep voice. He was in the likes of Armageddon and all. You know, He is a fantastic actor. It almost puts you in mind of a very softly spoken James Earl Jones. Yeah, he still has that deep voice, but it's just not as you know gravelly as you would yeah. have a James Earl Jones. But you've got other voice actors that come in for Mass Effect 2, such as Yvonne Strahovski, um, Courtney Taylor. Um, you have, you know, Ariad Talouk is voiced by uh, Trinity from The Matrix. 
What's the other one? Something deal, or is it? What? Sorry, which one? So I'm trying to think. There's somebody I follow on Twitter. Uh, Jennifer Deal, is it? Jennifer Heal. He's he's Femship. That was close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got there. Yeah. But, obviously, before actually we move on, we should mention the fact that a certain someone we've had on the show... Well, actually, sorry, is it... I'm trying to remember through my head. A certain someone on the show has actually is in Mass Effect that we spoke to. Mm -hmm. That I... I knew, but completely forgot to tell upon Chris. Uh, that is Townsend and Coleman. Yeah. Because when Chris played through Mass Effect One for the first time and completed it, and the credit sequence was going through, and the name was there, and she's like, "All oh, right." No, because it went Townsend and Coleman, and then below it, Cam Clark. So uh-huh. it was like the two turtles people uh-huh. together. Yep. By the way, if you like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, check out uh, my new podcast called "What the Shell" with Dylan Cook and Mike Lacey. Alan Price not involved. Stay tuned for more details. Lucky me. Uh, <laughs> too many cooks will spoil the broth. So. I was going to say like something like cooks, but uh, I've spelt wrong. Right. Nasty. Too many clocks. We'll go on to number two. Yep. Radio Mass Effect 2. Um, I'll just get it right out of the way uh, with Joker. Um, or I'll forget uh, before we get further on. The way Chris was mentioning about Joker is as important as the ship. Um, in Mass Effect 2, uh, the original Normandy is destroyed. Uh, they got a nice shiny new one, the Normandy SR2, which is uh, Cerberus funded and built. Uh, they stole the uh, schematics and designs from the Alliance. Oh, thieves. I know, dirty thieves. Um, no. But in this Normandy, there is an artificial intelligence called Edie. And he is very resenting towards it. You know, eventually as time goes by, you know, things change. Yeah. But he's still very, you know, you know, I'm all you need. You know, I'm the only guy you need to pilot this ship or run it. Um, but they eventually come to um, know that they require each other as much. So Edie, as in representing the ship, needs Joker as Joker needs her. Because yeah. later on... There's a situation with your enemies, the collectors, where situation. situation um that results in Joker having to uh, unleash Edie's AI to take full control of the ship in order to save the ship. Yeah. And specifically save Joker. Um But moving on from that, Mass Effect two came out January of twenty ten. January twenty ninth in Europe, January twenty sixth in the well, States. It's really not that old. It isn't as old as you think. No, I thought it'd be a lot older than that. Yeah. Um, but, yep, Mass Effect 2, as I mentioned, uh, Normandy, original Normandy, gets blown up. And one thing about that is, it's interesting because when you've replayed, whenever I played that at the start, um, I th- it was a character that saved me in the first one, you know, it told me to get out. And then the second playthrough, if you have a love interest, it's, it's your love interest that's mm-hmm. telling you to go on. Yep. Which obviously they are always doing that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, which, <laughs> which I thought was uh, kind of neat. Yep. yep. The opening cinematic with the whole Normandy destruction all is fantastic. Because um, it is, it could be as good as a movie, you know, set piece. Because obviously, as you mentioned, the love interest is the one you're saying you know, you have to go take everybody, go in the pods, etc., etc. Uh, and speaking of which, the pods are very, very similar to uh, sort of Star Warsy ejection system. They get yeah. fired out the side. Um, but you, uh, Joker, doesn't want to let the ship go. You have to go rescue him, and in the process, you get blasted out into space and you asphyxiate. And choke to death and fall through the atmosphere of a nearby planet and then you start waking up there's a whole sequence that um, you've been brought back to life by Cerberus who as you will remember if you have played the, the original Mass Effect were a group of pro-human peeps that yeah, peeps. basically hated all the aliens and basically everything should just be for the well-being of mankind so of course this is a shock um, but you wake up and you get surprised by a lovely looking female face that is Yvonne Strahovski uh, as Miranda I don't um, think she wasn't 
Mike, uh, Chris has just said Tony Luke looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, inside he does not. <laughs> inside he does not, apparently, now. Um, but yes, it's a very good start uh, to the game. <laughs> what what he's laughing at? TL's uh, natural cut fries, and you can get real craft cheese whiz, which just sounds wrong. Cheese whiz is the stuff that comes out of the aerosol canny. Salt and vinegar, I'll go for that. Salt and vinegar and a plain traditional uh, chicken cutlet, please. Where's, where's the big one? Oh, hoagie! I'm a hoagie. Where's, where's the man versus food special one? What is it? Mike, where is it? You cut it out. I want the man versus food oh, special. I'm Mass Effect. Leave it alone. No, okay. Is <laughs> um, a phone number? Do you want to phone and see if... <laughs> we'll ring on the air. Hello, Tony Luke. <laughs> Can I come over and have, like... Big. No, available in supermarkets or online. TonyLukesPronto.com. Oh, so success. See if they ship overseas and get some JR's barbecue sauce. <laughs> I have Fine. JR's barbecue sauce already. So, after your basic intro and you're brought back to life, um, yes. you <laughs> you can change what you are. So if you were, say, a soldier or whatever, you can change to be a vanguard. I've always been a soldier. Yes, I have always been a soldier also. See, grip minds think alike. I want to change that. Want to play it through again? Some something that. Okay. Oh no! Definitely play it through. Oh, no way! Else. There's no way I'm going to get that. F- well, sure, you're getting to play as different things in the Mass Effect Three multiplayer. Good goal! Oh, point, you're offside. No, he's offside. It. Proper offside. No. <laughs> but again, that just proves the gay is proper rubbish. It wasn't far offside. Um, but anyway, Chris. Yes. Stop Hi. trying to stop trying to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> Um, going back to what we said in Mass Effect 1, when it comes down to the system of uh, roleplay and shooter, a lot of people say this is far more focused on sh- the shooter aspect than it is the RPG aspect. Now, I still think there is a huge RPG aspect to this game. Oh, yeah, totally. It's not something that... I don't know whether this is you know diehard people that are used to older Bioware roleplaying games or what, but... When I was playing 3 Mass Effect 2, I didn't feel at any point was I being made to play a shooter more than I was playing a role-player game in terms of, you know, comparison to the first one. No, I never thought that either. I always thought that, you know, it was a fine balance. Maybe it's the case that they're saying it's a shooter because you have to go and get ammo now, whereas you didn't have to do that in the first Mm. one. You know, so it's making it more, you know, like, more realistic that you have to go and get ammo for your guns. Mm -hmm. Um... But no, I never thought it was a shooter. I thought it was just a more improved version of the first one, which mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed. But then the second one, I enjoyed even more. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, yes, there's tons of different weapons in Mass Effect Two, and you know, you have the ammo aspect, and you know, you have shields, and your health slowly regenerates instead of you know healing via like the Omni Gel and stuff. Yeah. you still have your Medi Gel, um, and various different things. But I don't see that as being enough to say oh well it's now a shooter it isn't an RPG because supposedly as time goes past people are starting to really hate in Mass Effect 2 I do not see their reasoning behind it at all because in my opinion it has a far better cast in it has a far better download content as well yeah it has tons of download content for it because like it just shows you the sort of people that can attract now from the difference between 1 and 2 and the fact that a main character in this game, not in terms of a squad or a teammate or whatever, the man who pretty much runs and owns Cerberus, the elusive man, is voiced by... Martin Sheen. Exactly. So, when you can get someone like him to come in and voice a character, you know that the series has done something right, and that they are planning big things story-wise for this game. Because a guy like Martin Sheen, he has such a fantastic voice yep. for these sort of things... And this, the interactions that you have with him, you know, you're you're on like a hollow deck, and you see him. Oh, he's hurt. Um, I'd be okay. It's only copy. And he's sitting there in his chair, and he just has a single cigarette in his hand. And there's the big sun yeah. behind him. It's fantastic. It really, really sets the scene. Um, suppose we should talk about squad mates for this one as well. Yeah, because there's enough of them. Yes, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of them. Let me see here. I'll get the list up because I'll just reel them off to you. You have Zaid, you have Yeah, Legion, well, you've Miranda, you've Miranda, Jacob, Morden, Jack, aka Subject Zero, Grunt, Theon Kratos, Legion, Samara, Morinth, if you choose to do something, 
um, Zaid Kasumi, you have Edie who's the AI, um, and that is your main team. Obviously, as we mentioned, you've got the likes of Aria Talok, who's a, a Sari on Omega and such, but your main squad team is those people. So, who do you? Who was your um, like? Because obviously, you got the pick two people who went with you. The people who, I use the most. Yeah. See, on my first number of playthroughs, like I, I a couple of playthroughs before, I kind of always stuck to who I liked. The latest playthrough that I'm currently playing to try and get one more through before Mass Effect Three comes out, I've been shaking it up more, and okay. you know I've maybe been retaining one person that I always would have used, but I'm always trying other people because I never would have used someone like Morden, I would have never used someone really like Grunt, and well, Jacob is an obvious one. Yep. Um, but I've been shaking it up a wee bit on this playthrough. But, oh, there we go. Uh, well done, Ajax. Only two more to go. Uh, but in my favourite ones, the main two I would choose are Miranda as one and Garrus as number two. Because Garrus is just awesome, in my opinion. Well, you uh, see, I would normally... Thank you. I'd shake, I was shaking things up. You know, I, I would either play... Garrus would be the one that I would always choose, and it would either be a toss-up, like in the second playthrough. I, just, I think Garrus's character, and you know, because obviously all these guys, the Mass Effect team, Bioware, have to get all these different voice actors to record every single bit of dialogue that they could be involved in. So, for every single mission you're on, there's lines available for Miranda, there's lines yeah. available for Jacob, there's lines available for Morden, but the most of us will never hear them because you would have to maybe do a million different playthroughs in order to hear them. True. Um, um, I so would, Garrus is one. Yeah, and I would either pick Morden because I love Morden's Incinerate, uh, Miranda or Grunt um, would be the ones that I would kind of... Mm. I never really used Jack that much. I never liked Jack's character because mm -hmm. um, Zumi I only really had through the last playthrough. Mm -hmm. um, and Tally I would sometimes use as well. Yeah. No, that was the thing. Like I like Tally, but she's one that I just rarely use nowadays, which I was quite surprised because she was one of my favourite characters out of the first one. Maybe that's because it was more of a confined sort of group. You only really had the likes of Garrus, Tally, Liara, and Ashley, yeah. and Rex. So it didn't, you know, it was a smaller team than what you've had here in Mass Effect Two. Um, but yeah, I I didn't have any issues with the Jack character, but it wasn't one that I was like. I didn't go. That's really good. Or no, I kept on thinking like it was like uh, GIGM. <laughs> so I kept on thinking GIGM, but GIGM was Megan Fox face wise. Mm. Um, one character that I think it's fair to say you really like, and everybody pretty much likes, is Thean. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, because Thean just has not only an awesome character design and backstory. But the voice. Just my optic there, a minute. But the voice is fantastic as well. What's that? There we go. His voice is fantastic. He's kind of got this sort of reverberation in his throat, nearly like a frog would have. Sora, you know, there's kind of a ripple effect to it. So it, uh, it's hard to describe in the sense of it isn't like he's in a toilet or anything like that. Uh, there are my two lithographs. <laughs> Ah, oh, there we go. There's the character design system. Yeah. There you go. Read out, read out his wee description. We made many thumbnail drawings for early Thane concepts. Early in development, concept artists are given as much freedom as possible for Thane. Some drew upon lizards or birds of paradise for inspiration. Later refinements led to a mixture of aquatic and reptilian characteristics. Also included are some concepts for Julie on his face and neck. Only his necklace made it into the final game. There you go. But yeah, Thane is an awesome character because he is an assassin. This, the scene that when you first meet him is just fantastic because you've climbed all the way to the top of this tower and you're chatting away to the girl and then he just drops down from the ceiling and basically just takes out everybody. And then he's all calm and he's just... Remember because he's standing there and he just has his hands together is and he's... Cool? No, okay. no. <laughs> and he's just standing there with his hands together in like a prayer Yeah. and then he says what you're praying for her it's an option that you can say and he says no for me 
So he seems like a very religious-y sort of guy. Yeah. You know, he asks for his forgiveness and all. So, yes, he's an assassin, but it's something you find out it's because he's, he's basically been trained. assassin with the heart. Yeah. It's basically because he's been trained to be an assassin from a kid, so he knows nothing else. Um, another character that kind of stands out for me, um, well, you mentioned him, is Morden. Yeah. Uh, because he is actually quite a fan favourite as well. And surprisingly, between two and three, they've replaced the voice actor. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but the character of Morden is fantastic because I'd nearly go so far as to say he's kind of Yoda-like in terms of he say, has that distinctive voice. Yeah. You know, a wee bit like, like Thane, but on a different level. He has a speech pattern which makes yeah, a difference. Like, Shepard, research, going well. Come yeah. on, look, quick. Yeah, it's the it's sort of... It's almost like Yoda meets William Shatner is what it is. <laughs> Yoda right? meets William Shatner. In my opinion. But yeah... He is very, very good. Um, obviously, there's a lot more can go wrong in this game. In number two. Yeah. Um, considering you have more squad mates, so there's more opportunity for you to mess up. Um, for example, I, I'm sorry, I am going here, Chris. Uh, in Chris's final mission, there's a part where you have to put... Ooh, it's called a suicide mission, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> you have to put a character into like the vents. And it's mentioned that a tech expert would be a good choice. <clears throat> what does Chris do? Chris puts poor Garrus in the vents. I thought they said spec. Garrus is Gareth not a spec. tech guy. Gareth wore a kind of a spec. Like a Did you just say Gareth? Garrus? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you said Gareth. Yeah, Gareth wore a spectacle. <laughs> Gareth wore a spectacle. Uh, Garrus um, is not a tech expert, so as a result ended up hitting... The dirt. Um, so these various things all happen. Another part of it is if you've not done, say, their loyalty mission, which I don't know why you really wouldn't. Um, so if you're just trying to complete the game as fast as possible, you wouldn't do that. Yeah, but then you're just disaster because everybody's going to die. Then <clears throat> I know they're fools. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite loyalty mission? Um, I would either say Garrus's or Tally's. Garrus's is a cool one. Um, because the whole backstory to him is basically since he'd last seen Shepard, yeah. he'd had his like own squad, and then one of them turned on him, and resulted in all the other squad members g getting killed. Um, Tally's one's cool in terms of she gets accused of uh, betraying the uh, migrant fleet, supposedly sending Geth info to her father. Um, it turns out to not be the case, obviously. Um, another one that I like, I. I get for the terms of its story background and all that sort of stuff is the Miranda one because yeah, yeah. Well, it's the whole sister. it's the whole thing about the sister she's trying to protect that's one of the main reasons she joins Cerberus not only to protect herself but to protect her sister yeah Sir Alex is chewing on his chewing gum but again Morden's one is cool as well because it's you know it's it's one of the shorter loyalty missions because you can kind of knock out Grunt's loyalty mission and his yeah, you know, in about a half an hour because it's on the same planet. I thought Jax was kind of boring. Jax didn't do anything for me. It was very Jax is a very somber one that doesn't really do much. Yeah, you have to I have to agree with you there. Um, in some respects, I would say that it's not really a loyalty mission, but Liara, you know, like um, on the Shadow Broker one. Yeah, the download content that was my far one of the best ones today. Yeah, because it it had really been developed well as a separate download content. Oh, he only got put it in the face. Um, but yeah, definitely the Tally one is up there, the Miranda one's up there, and the Garage one is up there as well. Um, Grunt's one is cool, but I wouldn't put it up there with everybody else's. Um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. No. Obviously there's a big difference as well between Mass Effect 1 and 2 in terms of side missions uh, and, like, getting materials to get stuff uh, in oh, number two in oh. <clears throat> number two you have to go around planets and you had to mine that's so irritating and in number one it was more getting your Mako and going to a planet and driving about the place and doing that these side missions that was irritating too but not as bad as planet mining in my opinion at least you had something to do yeah planet mining was just like oh press Y button scroll around the globe press RT to uh, yeah. send down the probe because mm. like in my latest playthrough I basically sat one afternoon from I think it was like 4.30 to I think it was 7 just mining 
mining, mining, and I still didn't have enough. <laughs> and it was just like seriously, and that was with that was with me being on Game Save Plus, where they give you fifty thousand of each material as a bonus. So I still had to go and get everything else, and that still took me that long. Supposedly in three, it's a lot better of a system. Don't know exactly, um, but we shall see. But the mining system was the big, big letdown point in number two, I would say. Um, but it results in you, ha- you know, getting upgrades for the Normandy, upgrades for your guns, and all that sort of stuff. And to be fair, the upgrades are very much a necessity, especially for the Normandy. Yeah. Because when you eventually find, uh, it's the it's called a Reaper IFF. Um, it gives you the opportunity to chase after another enemy that is being controlled by a reaper slash reapers, the collectors. Um, I won't reveal who the collectors are if you haven't played it already, because it's a big plot point. Um, but basically, a case of you can go through the Omega Four Relay, which is what you needed that IFF for. And if you go through and you haven't done all the upgrades and that sort of stuff. People gonna die. Yeah, uh, nobody died on my ship. Yep. Even on your first playthrough? Yep. Because I said, you have to make sure you have armour and cannons and stuff yep. like this. And I just made sure I levelled everything up. Yep. Well, on my second playthrough, because Natalie went, oh, you have loads of money, so she kept upgrading her weapons. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I went to go, um, I still needed to go and get like loads of palladium or whatever for something. I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. I swear to so I went and mined a couple of places like Venus and Mars and they were quite rich. And Uranus? No, not Uranus. I won't play that. Graphics aren't that good though. No, but I won't play that. On PC? No, but my PC won't run it. I know, neither would mine. Uh, we're, ta- we're talking about, we're talking about the Bioware, another Bioware game, which is the Ew. Star Wars game on PC that just came out there at Christmas. Um, but yeah, you go through, you go to the collector base and that's called the Suicide Mission. Uh, obviously you can win and you can actually still die because all your teammates could have actually potentially died yeah um but it, it again has got a pretty cool ending to it not as good as mass effect one's ending in my opinion though in terms Especially of the music music wise yeah. yeah it's music is the main part of it yeah uh the ending to mass effect one was pretty awesome when it we'll play to the uh, music at the end of the show for mass effect one <laughs> so uh we will go to mass effect three i think yeah have a wee chit chat about it okie doke um Mass Effect 3. Not long to go now, folks. A little over a week uh, for everybody. I cannot wait. Chris cannot wait. Natalie cannot wait. And surprisingly enough, our friend Jamie cannot wait, but more for the multiplayer than anything. So, Mass Effect 3. Due out March 6th in America. March 9th here in Europe. March 8th randomly in Australia. And March 15th in Japan. Oh, they get it last. Poor Japanese people. You have to wait. Because then you can hear <laughs> Shepard speaking Japanese. That would be entertaining. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to get Kinect to work with that? No. I actually don't think I don't think Japanese is an option because in the demo it goes through and you pick your various dialects. I think it can only be English. Because mm. I was going through the options and it was uh, English UK, English Australian and English US were your options oh. for it so it was yeah I've kind of you know let the cat out there uh, this game uses Connect on Xbox um, luckily so luckily not for combat or anything in terms of you jumping about your room um, it's voice commands which uh, having tested out Chris has as well is actually rather good yeah, there was a thing that Game.co.uk posted about a Yorkshireman trying it, and it worked fine. Yeah. No, it is really, really surprising, because with our accents, you know, because over here we tend to speak maybe a bit quickly for some people. Not as much as the Scots mind. The Scots talk very quickly. Um, Fair enough, then, then the Scottish football team comes on TV. Um, but I was expecting for it to just start going, er, don't understand, er, don't understand. But... There's been very rare few occasions when I've been playing the Mass Effect 3 demo that the Kinect has not worked. So, fingers crossed, it works even better in the full game, considering that was just a demo. Yep. Um, 
We'll hit on the two points that we get to see in the Mass Effect 3 demo. First one being obviously something that's very, very close to the start of the game. And that is Shepard is at Alliance headquarters in Vancouver. How all of a sudden has Vancouver become the capital of like the world, effectively? Oh, no, I'll go oh, get a drink. Oh, wait, that's because Bioware's main headquarters is in Vancouver. Oh, surely you guess. I know. Um, but that is the case. You're in Vancouver. And uh, we find out that the Normandy has been taken away from Shepard. He is effectively under... He's been arrested because that's something that's mentioned in uh, the download content. Uh, I think it was Arrival that was mentioned in the download content for two because Admiral Hackett says you're going to have to come back at some stage. Oh, yes, yes. Because uh, once you get Cerberus back there, yeah, you're going to have to go and explain yourself, but I'm not disagreeing with what you've done. But, you know, yeah. the I can't remember the race that you killed, but they said that they are pretty... Uh, Basically, like people it. were annoyed. Um, so you would have to go back and not stand. I don't think it was stand trial, but you know, coming forward in front of yeah, the council to, to explain your actions. Yeah, that kind of you know why you've been with Cerberus and such and such, and why you're alive, effectively. Uh, um, but in that whole process, the Normandy is taken, and you eventually find out that it has been tore apart and put back together again by the Alliance. Some stuff have been added, which is something I'm really looking forward to is getting to explore the Normandy again and find new places and such that they have added to it. Um, uh, obviously, Mass Effect 3, we're seeing the return of older squad mates, which is good. Oh, uh, yeah, because Ashley looks hot. Yeah. Hot, 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 um, hot. You have the option in the demo to choose who dies and who lives, Kane or Ashley. You can guess who most people are killing. Kaden! Um, so yeah, Ashley's in it and she looks awesome. Her upgrade has been awesome because obviously now we're at Mass Effect 3. Stop making noise! What? I don't know. Am I wearing different watch? Cut that chunk signal. Oh, my hand's bleeding. Oh, lovely. Well done there. Shouldn't do that sort of stuff to yourself, man. He just likes to injure himself on cardboard boxes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, graphics are obviously a lot better than the original 2007 Mass Effect. Um, and Ashley was only in Ma Mass Effect 2 for a very, very short period of time, so there's not much work would have been done to her model to upgrade from the first Mass Effect. So this was a major overhaul. Same goes for the Caden character, but we don't really care about that. No. Um, He'll be dead in my one. He'll be dead? Um, so yeah, it was nice to see that. You see the new character, James Vega, voiced, voiced by, by, yeah, by Freddie Prince Jr. Um, Hello, I write for wrestling. No, he doesn't anymore. Um, but yeah, I just can't help but think that this character is being voiced by your man from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Fred? Yeah, Fred from Scooby-Doo. It's just like, ugh. There's going to be Scooby-Doo reference in there at some point. And plus the fact that he was married to Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was Daphne in Scooby-Doo. It all makes perfect sense. It's they would have got away for it if it wasn't for us pesky kids. That's true as well. But you see him, and then you see the Reapers finally arrive to Earth. And my goodness, it is awesome. You run about doing various different things, kind of a mini-tutorial effectively. Um very much recommended to play it all with Turtle Beach headsets yes very much so. definitely have to give that plug uh, to Turtle Beach for that because uh, it's just awesome um, but it's also awesome of what the Bioware have done with the sound yeah Not a, you know it's a case of them whether they've done like something different with the sound or whatever mm -hmm. you know like incorporated some different model um, but yeah I would highly agree there no definitely um, the audio is as good as you would expect from a movie uh, which is probably why it sounds so awesome on Turtle Beach. Um, I'm not going to give you give a much away in terms of the demo and in terms of what overly happens after that point. Don't take my hand. No. Okay, well, blow up and die then. No, okay. <laughs> vent child. Um, vent child, did you say? Vent. Okay. But you said vent, which is like, hey. Mood struggle. And it's away. Oh crap, it's turned on Xbox. Idiot. Uh, but what I will say at the end of the first part, 
you get to see the Normandy arriving and it's all very dramatic and the music which again not something we've actually really mentioned too much oh. we mentioned about the end of Mass Effect 2 and 1 but the music is fantastic yes and all Mass Effect yeah well yeah and plus the fact if you pre-order the collector's um, edition you get the soundtrack yeah um, but yeah definitely some of the music was fantastic we will just put snippets of it towards the end um, really really dramatic really really nice um, second part gives you a bit more combat base so it gives you a bit more of Sorry, I just set my alarm before I forget <laughs> on a stormtrooper lego man yeah um, gives you a bit more combat in the second part uh, you get to see Rex you get to see Liara you get to see Garrus it's obviously something that happens a bit further in the game it's got to do with the whole Krogan and the Genophage thing. You see Morden again. And you actually are fighting Cerberus, which is an interesting plot twist. Why are you fighting Cerberus? Is it because you're back with the Alliance? Why or is there I'm seeing? Or is there something else going on? Has something happened to cause them to turn? Ooh, is it a mystery? I don't know, really. <laughs> is it a secret? No. Um, so, yeah. Again, to compare to 1 and 2, combat system is amazing I think it's yeah, really I th- really been up I think with each Mass Effect they've really really evolved the, you know like it's not a case of they've stayed stagnant say like maybe Gears of War didn't really improve that much mm-hmm. you know from 1 to 2 or 2 to 3 in my opinion but this here showed leaps mm-hmm. and bounds from number 1 to number 2 to number yeah. 3 very much like the Devil Dragon Age mm-hmm. as well which I think leads us nicely into multiplayer well yes um, a brand yeah. new edition Ah, you're right, you haven't played it yet. Uh, a brand new addition to the Mass Effect series, multiplayer. My goodness, have we been playing this quite a bit. I think it's fair to say that probably in the last five days it's been played in four nights or so, something like that. Um, but it is a fantastic addition. It is going to link into the main story of the game, um, helping you towards having a better finish to your main single-player game and such. Um, you can play as different races, you can play as Drell, you can play as Krogan, etc, etc. You can have up to four friends on a team, and it's basically a horde mode, and you have waves coming at you, and such, and there's money rounds, and other different things. And it's pretty epic. So, what do you think is going to get played the most when Mass Effect 3 comes out first? Is it going to be multiplayer, or is it going to be the single player? I'll be the multiplayer without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. Multiplayer has just been very impressive. I was expecting it to be a bit of a letdown, like a certain other game I really enjoyed in franchise, and that is Bioshock. Its multiplayer was an absolute disaster, and that's the reason why Bioshock 2 was nowhere near as good as Bioshock 1. Still a decent enough game, Bioshock 2, but it was taken away because they went and focused on multiplayer, which made me worry for this, but my worries have been put aside, which is fantastic. It will be definitely something that we recommend to you pick up come at March 6th March 9th etc yeah um, and then let us know head over to Public Culture Network forums and post your 360 gamer tag and who knows we'll pro- maybe play with you online then ooh you never know um, so score wise I would say I would rate number 1 uh, an 8.5 number 2 a 9.2 um, I'm going to hold my score for Mass Effect 3 until we play it because we'll come back and do a proper review of Mass okay. Effect 3 down the line uh, 8 for Mass Effect 1 and 9.5 for Mass Effect 2 cool because I enjoyed the first one but I enjoyed the second one a heck of a lot more because of the depth of the characters and stuff cool cool. Uh, so we'll round things up everybody because uh, it's nearly been an hour has it? yep it's, uh, we're at 58 and a half minutes um, and the recording's about to end anyway at an hour, so we've we've spoken everything we want to speak, so we'll round up quickly. Um, just to let you all know, we are actually going to down to Dublin this Wednesday uh, to see a Mass Effect preview event, so we will, uh, when we finally review Mass Effect 3, report back with that. Uh, there's tons of stuff coming, there's another interview coming up as well, uh, Ghostbusters related. Yep, yep. Uh, Laura Summer, who voiced uh, Janine in The Real Ghostbusters, that'll be coming up soon. We we'll hope to have James E-Talk on, just need to try and work out something like that. Yep, so that's to come. Tons of other stuff coming from Operation Retroshock. There's going to be re- WrestleMania related stuff as well, because we do it every year. Much, much to come. Many more movie specials, game specials, etc. So if you want to get in contact, all on PriceofPopCultureNetwork.com. 
ventomanapopculturenetwork.com Exactly. So, visit popculturenetwork.com, go to the store, go to the forums, etc. Retroshock on Twitter is at Retroshock316. Follow us on there. Plenty of stuff going to be on there. Competitions, etc. So, with that, I am Alan Price. Uh, I'm Commander Vint. Commander Vint. There we go. Well, I'm Erdnot Price then. <laughs> okay. So, we shall see you next time on Operation Retroshock, WrestleShock, or S Reviews, whatever happens to be next. Peace. Bye. <laughs>